In the name of Jesus, amen. Please be seated. Dear brothers and sisters in Christ, it's hard to actually go through all the details of the passion and still call this day good. We've kind of taken to a voyeuristic thrill, though. We watch movies just to see how gory it can be. We ravel in the details. We turn down the lights. Jesus hurt. But it's Good Friday. Surely he has borne our griefs, carried our sorrows, yet we esteemed him stricken, smitten by God, and afflicted. But he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. And upon him was the chastisement that brought us peace. By his wounds we are healed. Good Friday. Good for us. Bad for him. See, I get that he paid the cost for me. I can find the good in it for me. But all I can see from him is the damage that I have done to put him there. The pain, the suffering, the blood, the spitting, the scourging, the mockery, the nails, the death. That's my fault. That's your fault. We did that to him. The word good doesn't exactly spring to mind. And there, the evil one works. See, he can never undo what was finished this day upon that cross for you. But he can do the same thing he always does. Twist it around some point us inward, lie with just enough truth in it to bring doubt and guilt and shame to the surface. And in that quaint little joke that we have all told ourselves at least once about the name of this day, he sows this little seed that he keeps watering day after day, all for one point, that when you look to the cross of Christ, you would not find peace, but guilt. That when you look to the place where God worked mercy, you would only find shame. If Christ really hung on that cross, could you meet his eye? Here the devil brings guilt from the one action that God gave for your comfort. Jesus didn't die on this cross so that you would feel bad about it. Jesus did not endure what he did. So that you can watch a movie once a year and say, Aw, shucks, I guess I should clean up my life. He bled and died to help. Because as far as I'm concerned, forgiveness of sins and peace to sinners, that was supposed to be good. At least according to God. Wasn't it his will to give you forgiveness and life and salvation? Didn't he bear this cross with you in mind, not as some sick and twisted passive-aggressive guilt trip, but to actually give peace, to actually give help? This is why our Lord died for you, and it is demonic, it is satanic to call this thing anything but good. Yes, he hurt for you. Yes, he hurt because of you. Why is that bad? Really, it's not just good for us. Good for him, too. 
If you want to feel guilt, look to the Ten Commandments, not the cross. Look to the law and not the gospel. Look then, count through the Ten Commandments, find all the places where you have been given by God a way to love God and love your neighbor, an expression of this love, and have so quickly cast it aside, so quickly turned selfish and hurt those around you. Look to the damage you have done to yourself, even though God would call you precious. See the damage that your sin has done. See the things that you have broken. Sin is bad. It breaks stuff. That's why God calls it sin. Feel bad about that. Fine. Good. But you know what? When you look at the place where God would bleed and die for your forgiveness, for your peace, for the mercy that he would wish you to have, and find guilt, that's really only a guilt that somebody would dare to love you that much. But that is a value question that you don't get to decide. Whether or not God loves you, not up to you. Sorry, just not. God shows you just exactly what you are worth to him. It is more than silver or gold. He pays for you with his holy and precious blood, with his innocent suffering and death. That is how much you are worth in the eyes of the divine that has seen every last terrible thing that you have ever done and knows every awful thing that you have ever thought. He loves you that much that he would pay for you, not with money. He would pay for you with blood and gladly. He would pay for you with his own death that you would live. That is how priceless you are. That when death comes your way, no matter whose fault it is, yours or somebody else's, God loves you so much that he would rather throw himself down upon that sword that you would not bear it. He would rather die that you would live. That is how much you are worth. One death of God. You are saved now for he has paid it. You are saved now for he has bled. You are saved now for he has died. It is finished And you can find guilt there if you want, but truth be told, there is only life. There is only mercy. There is only salvation on this cross where God died for you. All of your sins are put away. All of the shame left right there. And all of the guilt atoned for. The wrath of God for every last sin that is broken, this creation, was poured out on Jesus for you. That, that is what love is. Love put him on that cross for you. And yeah, it had hurt, and, and yeah, it's graphic, but, well, he said it himself. If this is how he has to save you, the ones he loves, he'll go, not just against his will, but gladly. He will go gladly and bear these things for you. The will of the Lord shall prosper in his hand. Out of the anguish of his soul, he shall see and be satisfied, and by his knowledge shall the righteous one, my servant, make many to be accounted righteous, and he shall bear their iniquities. Good Friday. Not just good for you, bad for Jesus. Good for him, too, because he got to do for you, the ones he loves, that which he was given to do. He got to love you, because the thing is, love looks like something, always does, never just a feeling, never just a thought, never just a lust. Love always looks like something. It is always expressed. And here, love is a sacrifice. Love looks like a dead Jesus hanging on a cross for you, because he would rather die than see anything come to you but goodness. The Lamb of God was slain from before the very foundation of the world, but now he would shed light on this, his love for you. Now he would bring into action that plan set in forth before he ever spoke and said, let there be light. You shall live. You shall not die. You shall be brought from death to life. Here, whether or not we would drag shame from years before around, whether or not we would gather our guilt up and carry it on our own shoulders as if this was somehow 
nothing more than a passive-aggressive guilt trip. He would look at you from the cross. He would meet your eyes. And he would find such joy in ripping you back from the claws of the evil one, such pleasure in pulling you out of the jaws of death, that he would never come down from that cross. He's satisfied by what he does for you. He would not change it. He has made you righteous here. He has made you holy. And no matter what you have done, no matter what the law says of you, no matter what anyone else does either, here, paid for in blood, you are worthy of that kind of love, that kind of life. He is satisfied by this, for your sins are paid for. You are forgiven. Don't look at this place as a place where all of your guilt comes rushing in. See this cross as a place where God's love comes crashing down, overwhelming guilt, washing away sin, paying the price. He has borne your iniquities. It is finished because he chose to. God loves you. Yeah, he knows your sin. Still loves you. Can't change it. Not your call. Not your choice. Not your power. God loves you. He loves you one crossworth. You cannot change that. So lay aside the guilt. He even paid for that right here. And it was good. Because good and evil, they're not measured by pain, but by God's love. God's service. God's sacrifice. And expressed in God's word. It is finished. There it is. Your sins are forgiven you. You are righteous and holy and worthy of love. You got nothing left to feel guilty about. Christ has died for you. Amen. And now may the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, keep your hearts and your minds until life everlasting. Amen.